All right. All right, would you guys go ahead and pray with me real quick so we can start this night off? Hey, God, I just want to thank you so much for this night. God, I thank you that all these students were able to make it here this evening. Um, God, I pray that you can bless this crazy bread before us, bless the hands at Little Caesars that prepared it for us. And God, I especially pray that only your words come out of my mouth tonight and none of my own. We love you and we thank you. Amen. All right, guys. That line in the last song we said, in my father's house, there's a place for me. That really hits home, guys, because there's a lot of places in our lives where we don't feel at home, okay? There's a lot of places where we don't feel welcome, but we have a Father in heaven who welcomes us in all places, guys. We have a Father that welcomes us at his table. Guys, you are sitting at six separate long tables, but they are all your fathers, because you're dining in your Father's house tonight, and you're dining in your Father's presence. So not only is there a place for you in his house, but there's a place for you at his table. And now I know you guys are super duper stoked about this crazy bread in front of you. And believe me, I'm beaming with jealous rage right now, but I can't eat and talk at the same time. But I'll get one later, I hope. But you guys have this food before you, okay? For a simple reason. We, as humans, and we especially as Americans, take advantage of meals, guys. I don't think we truly understand and can wrap our minds around the fact that these meals are such an incredible opportunity to be intentional. Look to your left and to your right. Look across the table, look around you. These are your friends, your leaders. These are students who might go to a different middle school, even in a different town than you. And you're able to sit and experience this intentional time together while listening to the gospel being spoken to you guys. I hope you know this is exactly what Jesus did when he walked the earth, guys. He came into people's homes, invited, of course, and he shared these meals with people. And he used it as an opportunity to share the good news that he was bringing, the redemption of our sins and a life of eternal happiness. So guys, it's okay to have conversations over food like this. It's okay to talk about Jesus and to share his love and his good news over meals. It can be at breakfast with your siblings at seven in the morning, you still got sleep in your eyes and you're really just not ready to deal with people yet. It could be them. It could be at lunch at school in the cafeteria, guys, when you're sitting with your friends. Maybe you're usually throwing your garbage at each other or smashing ketchup packets on the table to spray somebody. But that can be an awesome opportunity to share God's love and his good news because it's exactly what Jesus did, guys. He spent his time walking on earth, sharing his love and his good news and his wisdom with people over meals. So guys, my name's Nolan Baskins. Some of you may know me. I'm the intern here. I did not grow up in Cedar Falls. I grew up in a town called Ankeny. It's uh, by Des Moines. Some of you may have heard of it. 
Um, I did not have anything like this growing up. I had Sunday school. My church didn't even have Wednesday nights, guys. We didn't have Wednesday night Sunday school. We had Sunday school, we had VBS, and we had confirmation. I was in a high school Bible study of like six people, and it was super duper awkward because four of those other people were people's parents. And yeah, so you can imagine two students, four parents, not the most fruitful conversations. But you guys are so blessed to have each other here. Over 200 kids come here every Wednesday night, guys, and it's incredible. And I would have done anything to have this opportunity growing up. This is an awesome opportunity for you to come here to learn about Jesus, to learn about what it means to be a middle schooler, guys. You have incredible leaders who have grown up in middle school. I know. We were all in middle school once. And they can share with you their insights. And I have a picture of myself from middle school. Yeah, that's me, guys. Right around eighth grade, I wore the same thing every day. I wore cargo shorts and some sort of horizontal striped polo because I really thought they were in and they were not. Not even when I was in middle school, guys, were those horizontal striped polos in. But we're talking tonight about Jesus and the way he dined with people, guys. The way you guys are dining right now and listening to the good news. You guys might be having sidebar conversations. I don't know what they're about. They could be about your day. They could be about what I'm talking about. They could be about anything. And they're not the worst thing in the world, guys, because you're spending intentional time with each other. So I want to talk about how we share our meals with people. And when we do that, we're associating ourselves with that person. Right now, you're sitting with your small group. You're associating yourself with that small group. At lunch, you sit with your friends, and you associate with your friends by sitting with them, guys. Now, we've all been in a school lunchroom, so we know what it looks like. You can be sitting at a table with your friends, and you can look over and look at a different table, and you can see someone sitting by themselves. How many of you guys have ever seen another student in the lunchroom sitting by themselves? I think almost everybody's hand should be in the air. And if it's not, that's a middle school I wish I would have gone to, guys. I remember my eighth grade year. My friends had a different lunch period than me for the first time since like third grade. I had to go to a different lunch hour, so I didn't know anybody. And for the first three, four weeks of that semester, I didn't even know what to do. I sat by myself. I ate two servings of the hot lunch because my parents did not put a cap on my lunch account. So I could eat as much as I wanted. And I was in middle school, so I had that metabolism where I didn't have to worry about calories yet. And so I'd sit there and I'd eat these two meals by myself. I would go dump my tray and I'd go sit in the library by myself where nobody was so nobody could see me sitting by myself. And then on that fourth week, some ninth graders who had seen me at like choir practices in the morning or band practices in the morning noticed me and they're like, hey, we have an extra spot at our table because my middle school had circular tables with eight built-in seats. So like once you filled that eighth spot, game over, done. Nobody was splitting cheek on these little tiny circles because if you had one butt on there, you were already uncomfortable. And so I got to sit with this group of ninth graders. I was in eighth grade and I thought I was the coolest person for getting to sit with these ninth graders, guys. And I know what you're thinking, like, it's just one year, we were all band kids, but I thought they were awesome, and they were so nice to me, guys. They treated me like a real person, and they were not ashamed to associate themselves with me. They were not ashamed that that weird kid sitting by himself was now sitting at their table. 
and it gave me such a confidence that I needed to go on to high school and make new friends and to sit at different tables and have multiple friend groups. And it was incredible and it was empowering and I'm still so thankful for it. So we're gonna read about how Jesus associated himself with the people society told him not to. So we're gonna start guys in Luke chapter five and the verses are gonna be up here on the screen. Verses 31, oops, verses 27 through 32. And this is when Jesus is calling Levi writes, after he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and leaving everything, he rose and followed him. Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of other tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I have come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He did not come to call the righteous guys, but he came to call the sinners to repentance. How many of you guys go to a doctor when you're feeling well and say, hey doctor, everything's going great. Just thought I'd let you know, here's my $50 copay. Nobody does that. You go to the doctor when you're not well. And in the same way, Jesus didn't come to give the righteous a pat on the back and say, you guys are doing great. Keep it up. I'm gonna reward you guys now by sharing a meal with you and telling you how great you are. No, he came and he found the sinners and the tax collectors and all the people who had the wrong intentions in life. And he called them to his table and he ate and he dined with them and he explained to them what was really important in life. He explained how important the conversations were, how important the love was, and how important the people around him were. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they told Jesus, don't sit with, don't sit with them. They're bad people. Those people are stealing money from your people. Because Jesus was a Jew. He was Jewish. And these tax collectors are collecting the money from the other Jewish people. Sometimes they would cut in and take a little for themselves. Like they were greedy, greedy people. They were selfish. And Jesus was like, yep, that's who I'm gonna associate myself with. In the same way those band kids were like, see that weird kid over there who eats double the food every day? We want him. We want him at our table. He's got something to offer or he's got something he needs to change. A pastor once told my staff at Riverside this story. He's a really weird guy, his name's Bill Yonker. And in a staff training, he told us a story about walking past a homeless man on the street. And what Bill had with him was a packed lunch. In that lunch was a sandwich. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have had a sandwich made by your mother before, ever cut it diagonally. Who's had the diagonal cut sandwich? Guys, that is a sandwich made with love right there. It's made with love. And I have a bone to pick with my mom because she cut it right down the middle and I think that's messed up. But a sandwich cut diagonally is made with love. And so Bill sees this man sitting on the corner asking for money, asking for food. Bill offers him his sandwich from that lunch. And the homeless man actually denies him and says, no, that's your meal. I can't take that from you. He would have rather had the money 
to not have to see Bill give up his meal. So what does Bill do? He sits down on the sidewalk next to that man, and he hands him the other half of that diagonal cut sandwich that his wife had made for him in the morning, prepared with love, and he spent time with this homeless man. Society would look at that and go, what is an established pastor doing sitting on the ground next to this smelly, dirty man and eating a sandwich? I assume it was a cold-cut sandwich. I don't know if adults really pack PB&Js, haven't hit that age yet. But they're just sitting there eating this sandwich. The homeless man is explaining how he ended up there. Billy Onker is explaining what he does. He prays for the man, then he leaves, and he rejoins his friends, catches back up. Now, how many of us, guys, maybe in the lunchroom we see that student sitting by themselves. Maybe you're out at a restaurant. How many of you guys have ever seen that person at a restaurant eating by themselves? Yeah. You see a few. You don't see many. Because you think, why would someone want to go sit by themselves in public if they didn't have to? But you don't know. You see those elderly people who sit by themselves. Maybe that man is sitting there by himself because on that Wednesday morning, every week for 20 years, he went and had breakfast with his wife. And last year, she died. Maybe that man is sitting there every Wednesday morning thinking about his wife that's no longer with him. And what an opportunity that would be to sit down with that man, associate yourself with him, and learn why he's there. Or at lunch, learning what that student is actually interested in. Because guys, let me tell you, on the outside, we all look very different. It blows my mind. Sometimes I sit in meetings and I just look at everyone's faces and I go, you guys don't even have the same sized head. Like, it's ridiculous how different we are on the outside. But on the inside, guys, we're so alike, it's not even funny. You guys may do, do different things, maybe really academically gifted or musically or athletically or maybe really good at video games. But I guarantee there are some movies that you guys all like. There are some bands and some songs that you guys all like. And for the most part, guys, you're all here for the same reason. And there's so many people out in the world that are here for the same reason. And so to share that time, to be intentional with them and say, yes, I'm proud to associate myself with this person. What an incredible thing to do. And what an example that Jesus set by choosing the worst of the worst and associating himself with those people. So guys, I want us to think about our meals that we have every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. How are we using those effectively? How are we being intentional? I'll give you, breakfast is hard. I wake up for breakfast one day a week. I'm gonna be real honest. Every other day I roll out of bed, take a shower, go to work, I'm there 30 minutes after I woke up. Done, no time for breakfast. I'll eat a granola bar at my desk. Lunch. You sit with your friends, right? How many of you guys sit with probably the same people every day? Or maybe every other day, because you guys have like a A, B class schedule, you know what I mean? Now, how, how hard would it actually be to sit with someone different tomorrow? Like, think about it. Logistically and physically, is it that hard to go sit with a different person? Now, it's not that hard. It's that wall 
It's that wall in between us of that person's different than me. Or that person is an outcast in our class. That's the only thing keeping us from it, guys. That's the only thing. And Jesus was the person who came and he knocked those walls down. And dinner, dinner's a tricky one, guys. How many of you guys eat dinner at home almost every night? All right, now be honest with me. How many of you actually sit at the table with your family and eat dinner every night? Those of you with your hands up, I'm so happy for you. You're so lucky. Guys, when I was in middle school, my family ate dinner in different rooms. My mom left it on the stove, you came and put it in a bowl, and you went to your different room where you're watching a different TV show by yourself. What a waste. What a waste of a moment you could spend with your family. Everybody eats, guys. We all have to do it. And for most of us, we all have to do it with people every day. At lunch with our friends, at dinner with our families. So I squander those moments. Why let those moments pass right before our eyes? You could be intentional, guys. I have a friend who used to be a leader here last year. His name's Alex Olson, guys. Now, he is someone who realized last year the importance of eating with people. And he had this idea. He said, hey, Nolan, let's invite some people that we know at basic that we don't know very well to come over to your house and eat meals. And I was like, great. Sounds awesome. And so we did it. And guys, logistically, I had to take care of everything because it's my house. So I cleaned a little bit, kind of depending on who was coming over that week. I'm like, oh, that person probably won't mind this clutter. And other people, I'm like, all right, this needs to look spotless. And then I would go to Hy-Vee, and I would buy all the food, which I didn't mind too much because Fuel Saver is awesome, guys. So it's like paying for my gas. And so I went and I got this food, and I prepared this meal. And all the while, I'm working super hard, and Alex is sitting, and he's talking with the people who come over. And I'm in the kitchen, I'm working super hard, and Alex is paying attention to the people there, guys. And there's a really great passage in the Bible about this, where Jesus shares a meal with two sisters. It's in Luke chapter 10. It's going to be up on the screen. It's about two sisters named Martha and Mary. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, many things, or you are troubled and anxious about many things but only one is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, and it will not be taken away from her. Guys, on those Friday night meals, I was Martha to a T. I was like, all right, people are coming over expecting food, so food has to be prepared, food has to taste good. And Alex is like, people are coming over to hang out. I'm gonna hang out with them. And he was married to a T, guys. And he got it. I mean, granted, it was his idea, so I hope he would get it, but he got it. He understood why the people were coming over. So after that first week of slaving in the kitchen and missing the point, the next week, what do you think I did? I made something that I could just put in the oven. So I prepared it before they came. I was Martha before they came, and I put it in the oven. Then when people were there, I could sit with them. Oven goes off, take it out of the oven. We have a meal. 
and I was able to be Mary there, guys. And being Martha is not a bad thing. If everyone in the world was Mary, there wouldn't be tables in front of you. There wouldn't be crazy bread in your tummies because nobody would have put up the tables. Nobody would have gone to Little Caesars to get it. Nobody would have prepared it. Yeah, we would have had great conversation, but we'd be hungry and we'd be sitting on the floor. But if everyone were Martha's guys, we'd be running, running around like crazy. We'd have too many cooks in the kitchen and we wouldn't be paying attention to each other. So what we have to do is we have to figure out when should we be a Martha and when should we be a Mary? Martha gets a bad rap in this story. Does she not? Like, you basically just see Jesus kind of rebuke her. and just going, ah, whatever. You missed the point. But really, she prepared what was good. She prepared the food for Jesus and the disciples, but then didn't take time to be with Jesus and the disciples. So guys, we can be Martha and we can make plans. And we can be Mary and we can enjoy plans. But as a Martha in that moment, guys, you have to be open to those plans changing. Because we can make a lot of plans and prepare a lot of things, which is good, but we also need to be prepared for God to change those plans. We have no idea what's gonna happen when we prepare something. God does. And I'm telling you, if God changes your plans, you just gotta let go of that wheel. Because whatever he's doing is so much better than whatever you had planned. No matter how hard you worked on it, no matter how good everyone told you it was, Jesus' plan is always gonna be so much better for you guys. So I'm gonna invite the band to come back up here and we're gonna go into a time of reflection. I want you to think about how eating is something we have to do every day, guys. Jesus took this time to reach new people. He took this time to associate himself with different people, guys. He also took this time to be intentional to be with his disciples, to be with the people he had just met. He didn't take this time to prepare something or kind of sit up on his high horse. He sat at the table, guys. If I were to be Jesus in this moment, I would be sitting at one of these tables, just talking, looking from side to side or across the table, whoever's around me. That's what Jesus did, guys. So there's two things I want you guys to think about as we go into this time of reflection. First of all, who in our lives can we reach out to? Who in our lives have we not associated ourselves with yet, but can feel God calling us to? Because I know that when I said for you to think about that student at lunch that sits by themselves, I know probably 90, 95% of you guys already have that person's face in your head. You already see that face. I can see a face of someone, guys. We know who that person is. And maybe some days you go home and it like eats you up inside. Like I didn't sit with that person when I could have. I know I could have made that person's day a little bit better and I didn't. And maybe you don't, maybe you don't even think of it. Maybe it like doesn't even come into your mind, which is fine. That's just fine. I'm here to tell you about it. But now I also want you to think about whether or not you're a Mary or a Martha. I want you to think about when you've been a Mary, when you've been a Martha, 
and when you should have been a Mary or when you should have been a Martha, guys. Tonight, you had the opportunity to hear the gospel over a meal, surrounded by your friends or your classmates or your leaders or parents and people you probably wouldn't sit by at lunch. Now, maybe that's because you go to a different school or something, but I know there's a couple people who might be sitting next to each other that go to the same school and normally wouldn't sit together. So I want you to remember that meals are not just substance for your bodies and for nutrition. But when we're intentional and choose to associate ourselves with the people around us, it becomes a substance for our spirit. 